0: Welcome to the Dare to Move podcast. I'm your host, Garrett Wood, and I'm not your life coach, just a girl who never gives up. You guys are not going to believe this. So I'm just going to come right out of the gate and tell you that today's guest won the above age 40 bodybuilding category when she was 60. No joke. I promise you, I will post a picture of her and I when she was 59 and competed with gorgeous purple hair extensions in her hair because I was at that competition competing as well in bikini. And this woman is, well, let's tell you her name. Her name is Jackie Salmon, and I met her in Indiana, where I'm from. We have both been members at two of the same gyms at Forest Barbell and at Lifetime Fitness Castle Creek. And... I always was just drawn to her. I talked to her. I put her in an article that I wrote in 2014 for Crossroads of Fitness, and I connected with her in 2015 because she was on a mission to make her way back to bodybuilding after a 24-year hiatus. So she came back at age 57, competed three or four times. I'd have to check, and essentially kind of retired herself from competing at, age 60 when she won and she's just incredible. She's got a lot of big goals for herself in her 60s and and thereafter and she currently has a full-time job and stays fit and is starting numerous side hustles. So, she is a portfolio lifestyle person. She is a very fit person and she's just very balanced is probably the best word. I cannot wait for you to hear her acronyms about how to live a balanced healthy life all of the mindset tricks she gives you and fitness tips too. So stay tuned, listen to her story and she is all about networking too. So feel free to check out her links in the show notes to find her on Instagram and LinkedIn. And without further ado, here is Miss Jackie.
1: Awesome. Well, how are you? Well, I'm just lovely. I just got back from a trip to Phoenix and went out there for our work I get a new client, which I did. got to hike for two hours there, but I got in bed at (laughs) 2.30.
0: Nice. I haven't been to Phoenix in a while. I'm sure it was really nice to go somewhere warm.
1: Yeah. You know, it was one of their cooler days. They're getting ready to hit the 90s and stay there. It was in the 70s and it was lovely. So... Yeah. Yeah. Hiking two hours in 70 degree
0: weather sounds much better than 90 degree weather.
1: Totally. Yeah. No, I loved it. It was beautiful. And it's just nice to work and then take that break with the the gentleman that I was partnering with to do some business and to have them recognize, you know what, let's take advantage of this beautiful day and get outside. So I love that. Awesome.
0: Well, I can't wait to talk, to talk more about how you kind of balance it all. And The fact that you are super active, but to begin the podcast in the way that I always do it, I like to start with a quote just because I am a huge fan of quotes and I try to find quotes that make me think of the person that I'm interviewing. So today we have two, which will be fun. The first one is from CS Lewis and he said, no book is really worth reading at the age of 10, which is not equally and often far more worth reading at the age of 50 and beyond. How does that strike you?
1: You know, I am such a book lover, and I completely agree with that quote. Love it. You pegged me perfectly, and I loved some of the books I read as a kid. Uh, Harriet the Spy was one of them. I love that book, and I still love that book. And that was about third grade, so that's about right.
0: Oh, that's too funny. Have you reread any other books recently or just that you can
1: think of or maybe you read with your kids later on in life? Yeah, Little Prince. Mm. What else could I say that certainly had lovely uh, time when you have kids of going back through and reading some of your favorite books to really, really just I think reading to your children is one of the most important things you can do. And I know you have a little brother now. Mm -hmm, Yes. Be reading too. And you know, just enjoy those. So yeah, it's just reading is so critical. So I just love it. Read read to my kids like crazy and just love those old books, Some silly little books too, like about pickles. And I can't, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm drawing a little bit of a blank to name the books, but just loved reading a series. Oh, what was the guy, the series of unfortunate events. Oh, vi- I loved
0: that series of unfortunate <laughs> events. I, oh. I like sped read those when I was 12 and What's funny is I, maybe younger, maybe 10, but either way, I recently thought about those because I ended up seeing the movie later on at like age 18 and I was totally into it. And something reminded me of it the other day. And I thought,
1: wow, I actually kind of want to read that again. <laughs> totally agree. We love those. In fact, we found them on tape and would drive, you know, on like heading to vacation and we would be listening To those stories, great stories. So good, so good. My second quote for you is I am not young enough to know
0: everything, and that was Oscar Wilde.
1: Oh my gosh, when you think about that quote, I love it because you know, at at my age in my 60s, you would of course want to say, Well, I'm not old enough to be that smart, but when you're dealing constantly in the world with all ages and you see the young people, teens and 20s, who really think they know everything. And you look at them and you say, you have no clue. Uh, So that's a great quote. So good one there, because I have a 22-year-old who thinks he knows everything. And yeah, so I get that. Yeah,
0: I appreciate you saying that. So the second quote, that, or not quote, the second question that I always start with is, You're sitting on a plane, and someone asks you, "What do you do?" Because I'm typically interviewing people that either do multiple things, or maybe they don't identify with the way that their job title would introduce them. So, how would you answer?
1: Well, just had to do that on plane. (laughs) I do sales and consulting for One America, based in Indianapolis, in the arena of retirement plan administration, and in particular. I'm what you call a SME, subject matter expert, in defined benefit plans and ESOPs. So we have 26 regional offices across the country and our regional sales directors all know 401k plans, but when they need help to sell services on specialty plans like defined benefit and ESOPs, they call me. That's uh, it's hard to give that in one or two sentences, but uh, that's what I do. And that's why I'm running around the country quite a bit. Because I do something kind of niche.
0: Yeah, no it sounds it sounds really unique, and I'm curious to know if during any of your time with bodybuilding, did that ever come up on uh, in like small talk with strangers?
1: Yeah, you know, I like to joke and say I am a recovering actuary, and people can't believe it. Even when you say, "Well, what do you, what do people not know about you?" I mean, I'm not a practicing actuary right now in the defined benefit world. But I certainly help clients understand their defined benefit plan because I was an actuary with really the skill to be more outgoing and and relatable so that I can interpret for the actuaries. So certainly as a bodybuilder, it's got to be very rare to be an actuary and a bodybuilder. It just oh is.
0: Gosh. Yeah, like I don't think I know <laughs> anyone. Uh, who has done that. Mm -hmm. And so based on, you know, the little bit you've shared to the listeners with what you do, who you are, and the fact that you now they know you were and slash probably still are training that way, but a bodybuilder, I want to know just kind of about, your journey to get where you are today. Like if there's any pivotal things you went through or maybe even how you discovered bodybuilding and why, you know, this working as hard as you do in your job and in the gym is important to you.
1: You know, Garrett, in the ninth grade, I had the most amazing gym teacher named Mrs. Blue. I was born and raised in Bloomington, Indiana, the middle of five children very blue collar. Up until ninth grade, I had never participated in what I would call an organized sport, a team or anything. I had done nothing but play in the backyard and play at recess. And this teacher poured into me in the ninth grade, loving me, showing me things like I had no flexibility. And what she showed me about, calisthenics and exercise. And she said, you're amazing and you're strong and you're beautiful. And I was so awkward. I was a very late bloomer and she's no longer living, but this lady caught me at a time in my life that it changed me forever. And I'm very, I'm so grateful for it. And I have absolutely hundred percent sure that she is why I am as I am today. And because the middle of five children, you're completely ignored. It is true for any uh, people out there who are one of uh, many siblings. When you're in the middle, you know, you got uh, the firstborn uh, and the lastborn are spoiled. And in the middle, you're just fending for yourself all the time. Mm. So what happened is I began and throughout high school, I, I did join some sports teams. I did gymnastics. I did diving. And I was such a late bloomer to this stuff. So I had to get flexible and I had to get strong. And I had to learn to tumble and I had to learn things. So I did an hour of calisthenics stretching and workout every night through high school. Wow. Uh, yeah. To the top nine at nine, which is which at the time all you had was like a stereo where you tuned into the radio. This is in the seventies. They played the top nine songs like Stairway to Heaven and, oh my and gosh. Yeah. And I would go through those songs and try to think of what the top song will be, and I would do my routine. And then when I got to IU, I'm from Bloomington, Indiana, so I went to Indiana University. I thought, I'm good at math. I'm going to be a math teacher and a coach because I want to turn around and do what this woman did for me to coach me and get me participating in athletics. And I hit all sports when I was at IU. Every sport, bowling, golf, basketball, everything Wow! as a minor for a PE minor is really what it was, physical ed minor. They put you through every sport and I hit the gym and honestly, that was it for me. I fell in love with the gym and I began to train religiously (laughs) and it's such a compounding effect, Garrett, because... When I had my, I did my first competitions in 86 and 91, and then I, I got married in 86. I got my ASA in 86, which is associated Society of Actuaries. I had a so big, 86 was a big year for me.
0: Sounds like it.
1: And back in the day, they only had bodybuilding. You're
0: you right, know? actually. That's a that's a really good point. So did you have, when you, when you went in to compete, were you pretty jacked for lack of a better word, like, or did the sport not, hadn't yet evolved to what the bodybuilding category is today?
1: Yeah, it wasn't quite there, but it was starting. Mm. And the gal who beat me, I got runner up. She was definitely juiced and jacked Mm. and I was not. And I still, I look good. I'll have to text you a picture. Some 1980s, big hair, me on stage. It's just too funny. But it was it's so but it definitely was beginning to evolve. Then in eighty seven I had a car accident and crushed my left ankle. Oh my gosh. And it was devastating. I spent six months on crutches. Six weeks is a long time on crutches. Yeah. Six six days is a long time. <sighs> Try six months. This is before any little scooters, you know, or Uh, They have new things now for crutches, alternatives. And I went through three surgeries and I literally would go to the gym and hop around from machine to machine and keep going. And I wouldn't give up. And the guy told me, you know, you'll not jog. You won't do this or you do that. No, I do all of it. I completely recovered. And I attribute that to the gym. And strength training. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And when, you got, when you were starting in, in 86, when you started in 86 to compete, did you kind of get a bug like, I want to keep doing this kind of thing and just know that it was going to stay a part of your life as long as you could do it?
1: It wasn't so much that as it was certainly the mental game it took for me to do it. I found it kind of rocked my world because, man, it was hard without any extra supplements or any any yeah. extra thing there to totally on your own, cut the weight, learn to pose. I mean, I kind of did it solo. I had some people at the gym, but it wasn't like nowadays where there's just great access to trainers and information. And so that's why I went all the way to 91. Well, then I broke my ankle. Then I came back in 91. So I kind of had the bug, but I had this wacky thing happen to me. Then I thought, okay, can I come back? And I climbed back and I got, I came back in 91 and did it again with more help, more successfully. Although I had the same exact thing happen where I was runner up to a gal that I'm pretty sure was juiced. And I, at that time I made a big, big decision. I would never, you know, go into that area of not just going in naturally.
0: Yeah.
1: And then I had my first kid in 1992. So then that put me on even another journey to step aside because I went 24 years without stepping on stage until, really? yeah, I did, went to not step on stage again until 2015.
0: Which is, and we were both, we were both training at that time. I remember that. That was such a big deal. I remember it was like your like greatest Come back, And also you seeing you at the gym, when I'd go home to Indiana and see you at lifetime, I just always remember even little things too, that you had told my mom about, you know, how meticulous you were and how regimented you were and how challenging it was. I feel like I have an eighth of the willpower that you do. And so I remember thinking about you anytime I was tempted to have a glass of wine or something. Cause I'm like, Jackie, wouldn't do
1: this. <laughs> <laughs> And I have used it. The reason I kept going and I came back and I even hung in there until I was 60. And I stepped on stage November of 17, won the Masters over 40 group at the age of 60. I was the oldest competitor. Ah, And yeah, and the gals were like, they were thinking, hey, I'm 42. I'm look at me. I'm doing really good. And then I walked in and I said, (laughs) I, i I
0: Yeah, you showed up. I was at your comp. We were both at the same competition in 2016 and you had the gorgeous purple like highlights in your hair. Oh my
1: gosh. You, I mean, you always show up. (laughs) Well, that's when the gal said, you are a badass. So how old are you? You know, she was 28. She goes, you're in better shape than I am. (laughs) uh, (laughs) My trainer had me eating a hamburger backstage between the morning and the afternoon. And she comes over and she goes, what are you, are you eating a hamburger? Because everyone was eating rice cakes with peanut butter. Everyone. Oh, yeah. Everyone. <laughs> and I'm chomping a hamburger. Actually, it was my own concoction because he wanted me to get a Wendy's Baconator and I wouldn't do it.
0: Yeah, that sounds like maybe it would hurt your stomach.
1: Right. So <laughs> I do no, but I will make a fatty hamburger. I'll make it. And I made my own, you know, with the grass-fed beef and all that. But I was eating it and uh that gal just flipped out and then she goes right on you need to talk to these women <laughs> it <laughs> was just awesome it was so funny but you know i had to prove a point that that your body your you can do things and it's it's the tiny little daily steps and decisions and and you know um there's hacks there's there's things you figure out about yourself that work and don't work mm. but it's so powerful and i I've completely shifted now to pour into people about their health and, and fitness and created this thing I call flow because I think of all the, the life essentials that are a part of that flow, F-L-O-G-H, that, that we can talk about. Yeah. I think it's your health and your fitness that people fall down on probably the most which is why there's that entire industry and why you're you're in it and why you're trying to help people and and you can see the patterns. Yeah. So Mhm.
0: Yeah, I definitely want to talk about flow, you know, as we get into this. I have a couple questions just about kind of the bodybuilding and the journey and all these things and the first one is for the average joe who says, "I really want to get fit. I really want to lose weight." I I think that and I really do think there's like, you know, two different, I I don't think there's a right or a wrong answer, but a lot of people will get started by saying, I'm going to do a couch to 5k, or I'm I'm Mm going to do a triathlon. I'm going to, and they set this goal and, and similar to you in 2015, like I'm going to get on stage, blah, blah, blah. But you knew in 2015, you weren't just saying, you know, I'm going to, do this because I want to get fit. I mean, you'd been fit your whole life, but you also, you knew okay. that getting on stage meant because you had done it before. So for the people listening who know that they, they need to take control of their health and wellness, or maybe they already do work out regularly, but they want to, they have a fat loss goal. Do you think it's important to have some type of hard and fast goal and, and not necessarily as intense as getting on a bodybuilding stage,
1: but like, what's your take on that? I've thought a lot about that, Garrett. It's a great question. And certainly putting something out there is a wonderful thing to do. And it works. We all know it works. Okay. You know, I'm going to step on stage at the age of 57 the first time after 24 years. And 30 days out, I told my husband, if I can't turn around from the rear end and I'm not worthy at 57 to be on that stage, I'm not doing it. And that, it was my rear end that kept me motivated uh, yeah. to down and have it have it look in a certain way. And I love having things out there, but the reality is you can't live your entire life and always have that thing out there. Mm. That's a good point. So what what are you, you going to do in the middle? Mm. You know, let's say you're you've had a baby and you're now you're struggling, or you're over forty and you just keep packing on the weight, or you're you've never been lean and you want to be lean or you you have you're facing a health crisis there's so many things that happen to people to make they where they have to make changes so certainly a jump start to put something out there like okay i'm going to do couch to 5k is a wonderful thing to jump start and and there's nothing wrong with that but you have to find a way to live a lifestyle mm. to Look at things every day, and honestly, your health is one of thing, one thing, but you have to look at all the essentials of life: your finances, your love relationships,, yeah. your oneness with spirit or God, your personal growth, and your health. And that's been my mission lately is to try to help people understand that it does take a mindset change to make it part of your daily life because it will compound and you'll turn around. I mean I turned around 24 years and just by the fact that I worked out five, six days a week and even on days I didn't feel like it, I thought, okay, I'm just gonna do a walk today for 30 minutes.
0: Yeah.
1: I'm gonna go down, I'm gonna do all my warm-up. Well actually I came up with an acronym called BLACS, which stands for uh, which is BLACS it stands for back legs arms chest and shoulders mm-hmm. and we all know those are the body parts now you always have your abs and I, i'm usually doing abs most time with but i know that i can go in do a warm up cuz i'm big on mobility cuz i'm over 60 and if you're over certain age you know i didn't warm up as good as i should for years i started to have an issue but i i'm religious now about mobility and warm up doing some yoga moves, doing some things. But then I'll do one of my body parts, B-L-A-C-S. I'm always going to do legs twice a week. And I want to know. Yeah, I want to know that that's on Tuesday and Saturday. So on Tuesdays and Saturdays, Jackie Salmon's going to be doing legs. Then I can fill in backs, legs, I mean, backs, arms, chest and shoulders on the other four days. So that's six days a week. I'm going to hit and if I if I if I traveled a lot the last couple of days, so maybe one day I might double up and do legs and arms, and then I will if I was going to miss you know miss a day, but I got a hike in. Actually, I was able to work out too that day. I got the hike in, so just doing thirty minutes, Garrett.
0: Yeah,
1: it works.
0: It, it does. And
1: it, it, would you say though <laughs> that at this point?
0: Or just thought at this point, I mean, even before you competed in 2015, that it was a habit because that word is thrown around so much. And there's all these theories on how long it takes to make the habit and break it. And, you know, I'm not going to lie to you there. My, my uh, fiance and I, we get up every morning. I get up at five, he gets up at five 30 and I take him to his gym at six and I go to mine and you know, when I go home to Indy, chances are I'm at the gym, I see you. And it doesn't mean just cause I'm there that like, I want to be there. There are definitely days that staying in bed would be great. And I don't know. I don't know if, if it's a habit, like, cause for me, I, I'm going to brush my teeth no matter what, that's a habit. Yeah. And, and yet the gym for me, I don't always want to do it. But I pretty much always do unless I'm injured or sick or, or, you know, know that I need to rest. So do you think that, you know, you you know, it's compounding, you had enough muscle mass to get on stage with some really, really, you know, big dedication to your diet? Is it a
1: habit for you? How do you see it? It's a great point. I do think it is a habit. And I do think that you, you learn that once you, even if you don't feel like it, let's say you were in a habit, and then you had a bad day, right? You fell off. Yeah. And that's what people do. And then next thing you know, it turns into two days, three days, and yeah. they never, you know, if that's what happens. So you you start to learn that the hardest thing I have to do is put my feet on the floor, get up and get there. Because when I'm done, oh even God. if I did it for 30 minutes, I think, oh my gosh, I got that done. I feel so good. Yeah, that's no, true. That's you a know? good
0: point. And you know, it's funny when I was in high school and I was working behind the, in the cafe at Lifetime 10 Fitness. I I was doing that so I could have a free membership so I could take Sharon Crowder's classes and two things. One, she was super fit. So I was always inspired by her. And I just would think when my alarm would go off, I'd be like someone out there fitter than me is at the gym getting even more fit. And I, I want to be near that person. And then the other thing she always said was, especially with regards to cardio, she'd always say, just get to the 20 minute mark, because once you're there, you'll feel good and the cardio will be easier. Even if we're only doing 30 minutes, whatever. And and those two things stood out to me. But you're right. The the end, the, I don't know, the light at the end of the tunnel of the workout or the feeling afterwards, it's just, it's addicting.
1: Yeah. And I think that's that you have to push, learn to push your mind past getting, I don't the, what I feel like, to setting, okay, let me vision myself where I'm going. Oh, that's why I'm putting my feet on the floor and I'm walking out the door. So it's this constant mental game that when you're wallowing around Mm -hmm. and, oh, I don't feel like it, I'm tired or I'm this or that, you're at a low frequency, level, mental frequency. And you stop and say, you know what? Let me look at my, see myself where I want to be and feel that frequency. And all of a sudden your energy starts to go up and you put your feet on the floor. Oh, I like that. I think you just did a really great job of explaining how to visualize and why people Yes, do that's incredible. I'm studying mental science and everything is energy, everything. And your thoughts are things and your your energy is flowing. energy's flowing through you and around you, and when you put yourself in the uh, here's the way I feel or I don't feel and you that's a low energy spot. Mm-hmm. And it's not your spot and both in visualizing and stopping and thinking, you know, if you ever listened to something motivational, how your energy just starts to go up.
0: Absolutely.
1: Are the master of it in your own mind. People don't realize it. Stop thinking these negative, bad, I don't feel da da, da things and stop and say, oh, let me think about where I want to be, what I want to look at, why you know, I want to be, I need, I'm having a little health issue or whatever it is. Let me put my thoughts up here. And it's a daily process. It is, I kid you not, it's a daily process. Hey guys, sorry to interrupt. If you didn't know, I am the
0: CEO, founder, and head coach at Crossroads of Fitness. And our claim to fame is the Dare to Eat Fat Loss Program. I wanted to let you know that we are actively taking on new clients. I have two other lead coaches right now. And if you are interested in losing 6 to 12 pounds in 12 weeks, we want to work with you. We teach what is scientifically proven to be the sustainable rate of fat loss. And you can check out the links in the show notes that will take you to our program offerings on our website. You can always email me or DM me on Instagram. I am happy to enroll you as a new client. I would love to work with you. If you have any questions, let me know and dare to eat. Do you have anything like written down on your wall or anything that helps you um, remember to do these things and to be mindful? Or is it just something that going back to the word habit that
1: is, you know, habit at this point? It's a habit. Let me walk you through a day for me.
0: Yeah, please.
1: It's like when I wake up, the first thing I'm going to do is thank the good Lord I get in another day, right? Be grateful. You get gratitude is a big, big deal. And I'm always grateful. Then I kind of run through some things that I do have uh, written down. And I I go through, you know, your mind <laughs> is the epicenter of divine operation. When you think about the fact, and I and don't get hung up on God versus spirit, but, but I believe it's God, but there is a spirit. And he's 100% evenly present everywhere at all times. And he's trying to make you into this wonderful, fulfilled, joyful, you know, because he's expressing himself through you. And when you really you think, oh, you're expressing your power through me today. And what am I supposed to do today? What am I supposed to learn today? You know, what's on my list? And, and who, I like to think of people I might be having a struggle with and, and send them loving thoughts. So I have loving thoughts. I think about the fact that there's a, Something in me, a spirit in me is, you know, your your spirit, body and mind. Uh, and actually, you know, you're a spirit first and you've been gifted with an intellect and you're living in a body and people so many times are just thinking they're this body walking around. No, if you're alive, you're a spirit. You have a spirit wow. in you and you need to connect with it. And it's so important to do it. And I do it first thing in the morning when I wake up and then I, um, I head in and I'm working on meditation. I'm trying to do 20 minutes. I'm using the app called Holosync.
0: Oh, I haven't heard of that one.
1: Yeah. It is um, Sound Waves. Mm. And I sit 20 minutes. I sit cross-leg because, uh, number one, uh, you might remember, I was never very flexible. And when I first started, I could only do a minute. And now I can do 20 minutes. And so for some people, sitting cross-leg is no big deal. And for others... Our hips are not mobile, and I want to have a good golf swing, for example, and I want mobility in my hips. So I sit cross leg and I listen to Holosync. Now, there's plenty of apps. There's Headspace. Uh, there's uh, there's even uh, 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 Godly based ones that are uplifting that way. But I like this Holosync. It's the best one I've come across to listen to sound waves. And then I'm going to move into a little reading on personal growth, um, mental science. I have a list of books that I can give you that are fascinating books. Mm. And, um, and I'm going to read the Bible and understand that I'm one with God and I want to know what he says and I want to read you know, and be guided. So then I'm going to head into my uh, routine to work out. You know, I'm kind of a goof. I like to do 10 handstand push-ups, ten burpees, and ten pull ups to start my workout.
0: Oh, I love that.
1: That's so fun. Yeah, to kind of get my heart rate going. Some people like to do 10 minutes of cardio. No, no. I do my 10 10 10. And I'm always and then I go through uh various stretches like Downward Dog and remember at the one gym we went to course. Yes. He would have you lay on your side with your knee way up and swing your arm. You remember that one? Yeah, actually. You ever do that one? Well, I had a sore bicep tendon for years, and movements like those made me realize it was all subscapular. So, you you know, your bicep tendon's in the front, but the issue was subscapular. And once I started really mobilizing my subscapular area, I completely fixed my bicep tendon. Wow. And so... Very important because, and here's why I think that is. We sit at computer, we wash dishes, I play golf, everything's forward. Mm-hmm. We're not doing enough, you know, backward things, right? For our backs. And we're all getting hunched over looking down at our phones. Absolutely. I'm yeah. touching now as we talk. Yeah. No, good for you. And that's a great thing to do. You know what? I should do the same thing. I'm like I need to work on posture. It was one of my New Year's resolutions, actually. It's uh-huh. so true. Yeah. No. And your head weighs 11 pounds and why people are looking down at their phones, they're going to start getting neck issues. People are getting neck issues all the time. So after I work out, then I'm ready to start my work day. Here's the thing, Garrett. The only part of your day that you really control is your morning. I still so believe that. If you're not doing a morning routine where you control what it is you're doing, I don't know where you've been, but that is a mistake because that's your time
0: well going back to energy and kind of what you said earlier just about the energy you're putting out there like in 2014 and i I had gone to forest barbell because my mom was lifting there and i had connected with you and then i saw you at lifetime and i've just kind of always been attracted to you and like wanting to connect with you and the interesting thing is like had I, I mean, I would have wanted to talk to you about morning routines. Had I known that when we were both in the gym at 6am, we had both likely been up and done all those things because the reason yeah. I get up at five and my fiance gets up at 530 is because, and as sometimes I'm earlier, is that I need to journal and do the and read the things that I want to read and take time alone for myself so that I'm in my own head in a good way before I go to the gym. So I'm a hundred percent on the same page with you. You have to control that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's a game changer. It has changed my life to have that uh, morning routine. And then I like to say it's control, cope and concentrate. So the middle of my day, middle of my day where I'm trying to to make money and do my job and my nine to five and you know, all those things I'm doing, you know, I never know what's going to come at me again. I've got 26 offices across the country calling me, asking me for input, all kinds of balls in the air so I kind of cope along with that and do the be the best I can be responsive uh, uh upbeat, energetic, all those things, and then in the evening, I turn it to concentrate on my home and my husband and my kids and my family and my golf game sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love golf, and you know the things that concentrate on these things that matter, and so that's kind of how I break up a day and cover. Financial love, oneness with God, growth, and health every day. I love that, and I think it's
0: really neat that you have kind of boxed it into three categories. Because mm-hmm. I actually listened to a podcast. Um, I think the the host is Ed Mylett, and he talks about that that you can literally get three days out of one. And I am I am so with you, except for that I don't have like a true nine to five, but. I'm definitely at my desk between those hours doing something. <laughs> and you and it allows you, like you just said with your acronym FLOW, to be able to cover all the boxes and, mm-hmm. and really hit the hit the nail on the head with like all the things that you want to to do. And you know, financial for you might be different for someone else and love right. and, and family might be different, but I actually do the exact same thing. Like by five o'clock, I'm, you know, cleaning the house. I'm doing kind of things where my brain doesn't have to be as on, but I'm being productive. And then by the time my fiance comes home, I'm, you know, ready to be like it a hundred percent present or as present as i can be i try my best you know with him and i think that and it all goes back to the morning routine right because you know you you might say oh man life would be so good if i got a manicure today or i got i don't know my hair done or i got to go read a book and you think about it and you spend all day just kind of lusting after this maybe one thing and then chances are it doesn't happen and if you, for me, the most selfish thing that I want out of every day is that morning routine.
1: Yep. More than no, I want anything else. It's yeah. It's, it's my OGH. So it's my oneness with God, my growth, my health. Then I'm going to do my financial kind of during the day and I'm going to do my love at night. And that's kind of how I have compartmentalized it. Now, you know, you certainly have weekends, which might run a little differently and, and things like that, but, but pretty much it is kind of the same for me. And it works. It gives me joy. It gives me fulfilled life. It's keeping me going. I'm, I'm as energetic now at 61 than I've ever been, you know, I, I mean, I'm bounding out of bed thinking, Oh my gosh, what are we going to do today? Lord? Um, you know, what do you got in store for me? I'm not ready to coast and, and just retire, even though I'm in the retirement business, right? (laughs) What's that mean? I don't see that in my Bible. You know, that's hilarious. I, uh, I mean, it's it's very
0: clear that you're able to stay on top of your fitness and your job and all of the things based on the way that you've kind of systemized it for yourself. So I, I'd love to know kind of if, you know, I, is there anything that you are really thinking about next, like in the next couple of years, is there anything that you're trying to manifest or something, whether it's with golf or, or fitness or family that you're like really kind of amped to go after?
1: You know, I have worked in corporate America now for 38 years, Uh, and I want in the last, gosh, say three years, instead of talking technically at events about my subject matter, I did a, a women's event, and I spoke on 12 guidelines for navigating the change and being successful. Because let's face it, you see people out there and they stumble and they fall from grace, right? I mean, we're all every day faced with decisions where we can mess up and then boom, we're, you know, we fall. And I see people do that and I think, oh my gosh, if they just... So I'm becoming really fired up to start my own company after I do retire from One America and my current company, which I'm targeting maybe around 66 to have a company that cultivates potential and lets teaches people to live fully and joyfully and, and maybe really manifest this flow concept, this flow model. Yeah. And that's why I reached out to you. I mean, this is kind of like a first step here, Garrett, where I'm like, okay, I'm moving into my own space, my own. Now I'm gonna show people how to do it and how to be. Healthy and and uh, financially set. I've I've navigated that. I've navigated. I have I've been married since 1986 to a wonderful man. I have. I understand that 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 God is is working in me and He's given me a power. We all have the power, the mental power. Now, how am I really supposed to manifest it and use it to be the best I can be, which I feel like I've done. Now, how can I help others become the best they can be? And that's got me jazzed to create my own company to, you know, I've been there and I've done it. I've navigated so many things that I think I could help people inspire and motivate people to pick themselves up and keep going, even in the age of, you know, 60 or whatever, you know? Absolutely. I
0: mean, I I was inspired and have been inspired from afar, and I feel like we are stepping into manifesting it right now and just putting it out there to the world. And I, I a hundred percent agree that you are living, you know, in your, the version of your highest self, you know, from what I've seen from knowing you and and listening to more about your story just now. And I think too, there's probably, you know, in, especially in the, whether it's an online business or any type of networking group, it just takes cold calling and, or reaching out to people. And I'm sure you've done a lot of that in your 38 years um, in corporate America. And so one thing I just I would love to kind of bring up in the vein of networking is that, you know, Instagram came up when I was a senior in college, or I should I should rephrase. I got an Instagram my senior year of college in 2013 and I didn't really use it the way that I mean, nobody used it the way then that they do now. And what I love is you are, you've adopted it and you're putting out videos and how, how has that been for you? Have you seen it in your life and maybe in the past as just something personal and fun and, and, you know, how have you seen it in the past and then how do you think it might be able to help you? in the future with this maybe second business that you want to start. And I say that because you're, you're good at it. You know, you're, you're fearless when, you know, not many people are brave enough to put videos of themselves on Instagram.
1: You know, I had to compartmentalize social media a little bit and it may have it wrong or right. You know, I had to figure it out. And I feel like we all kind of have to do that sometimes. You do, you do. Yeah. Yeah, it is tough. So like, LinkedIn I kind of use for business and I hook I have over 3,000 contacts on LinkedIn and I'm gonna go to 20 I'm working on that right now I'm moving up and I'm connecting with people in the financial markets and in the, that do things I see that I like and I ask them to connect and I have a solid presence there and it's it's working pretty much people connect with me and but I like the content I get on LinkedIn the business content and I'm certainly Always searching for business ideas and content, you know. And, and again, it's it's eighty percent junk, and it's and it, well, it might even be ninety percent junk, you know. Mm. But I'm really using LinkedIn heavily in uh, professional business, and but I am going to use those to be posting once I move transition, you know, from corporate America to my own thing. I will already have all those contacts. True. Uh, Instagram. I like for the fitness side of things, for the health side of things. And I'm really a baby in the, you know, getting started, whatever. But I think there's a lot of good, healthy messages that, that I can give. And I'm, I always think, oh, here's one. And then, boom, I'll jump on. So I'm not doing it just to do it. It's not going to be fluffy. You know, when I do it, I have a, a thought come to me that I want a message I want to give. And I'm going to do it. So I haven't done a ton of them. But when I do it, it's meaning. I'm trying to make it Meaningful. I like that a lot. I mean, and and again,
0: from afar, just as one of your followers, I see that, you know, it's, it's very apparent. And I think that um, fitness and health, arguably do the most, you know, they they perform the best on Instagram, there's something about seeing other people putting effort in and it's just it, fitness is the one way where you can literally just see the, the physical improvements. Cause it's just, it's very visual. And, you know, yeah. that's a way that so many people have used fitness as a vehicle to launch their businesses. And, and, you know, I'm one of them. And I think that you have so much experience in it, that it'll be probably even easier than you think, especially if you're doing it in a meaningful way, because you have the content, you have photos, you have kind of the, almost like visual proof, you know, like, Hey, I competed. (laughs) I've been runner up multiple times and I won at age 60.
1: Yeah. Um, So that's, I am, you know, working towards that. Uh, I'm working on, I actually joined something called the John Maxwell team. And there's a guy. John Maxwell. Well, he has a team, and so here's when you get into a network of people that are like minded, and that they have—they um, teach you to coach, uh, personal coaching, uh, like life coaching. They teach you to speak, they teach you to train on his his content, which is fabulous. I mean, I grew up reading Today Matters and thinking for a change, and. Wow. Uh, twenty-one year. Fuel the laws of leadership. Yes, and, I just bought that one and Leader Shift, his new one. Yeah, amazing, amazing, amazing. And so I became a member of that team so that I can be in the groups and and be in like-minded, you know, with like-minded people. And he's sending people all over the world to help countries with their leadership and their. Uh, growth and their health and all kinds of things. It's fabulous. So, um, so I actually have, and I haven't fully uh, uh, finished with that yet, but they give you a website and they give you, so I'm going to be able to, I'm a, i am I am a certified coach teacher and trainer up for the John Maxwell team right now.
0: Congratulations. That's
1: awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I went to that training and, and, uh, and they mentor and, and so I'm going to be manifesting that as part of my, what I do. I do have a couple of coaching clients on the side who asked me to coach them. Uh, your mom is interested, Garrett, uh, which is a side joke. Yeah, but I had mentioned to her, she goes, I want to be, I want to, you know. So the point is that that's that's kind of a new thing, but I learned what it is and what it isn't. I'm not a mentor. I'm not their teacher. It, coaching is way different and a fascinating subject that I've gone down uh, the training. And then I really want to be impactful when I get up and do speeches on the subjects of a mental, your mental game, your success, teamwork, leadership, all those things. So I got a lot uh, to really simmer down and, and really find my lane. And I, I am kinda, kinda use Instagram on the health side. I'll probably just use overall business, LinkedIn. I'm kind of keeping Facebook for friends and family. Yeah, you know, I have a, a, a niece in uh, Tasmania with two children, and I can see them over there. And uh, I, you know, so Facebook is becoming, you know, kind of. I don't know. I, I'm not as interested in it, but I do use. It, I do use it to watch what my friends and my family are doing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but. I don't have time, you know, I don't have time to uh, sit around and look at social media. I, I want it to be impactful when I do. I am building my LinkedIn. So if anyone listening wants to find me on LinkedIn, we can put your, your LinkedIn page on in the show notes so people can. Find yeah. Me. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I, I mean, I,
0: I agree. I don't, I don't, I don't have time for Facebook unless I have to be on there for a work thing or like a private group or something. I just feel like it's very distracting. And again, our time on social media, when you're busy and you're, I mean, you are working a nine to five, you're spending like a very meaningful time at the gym. You're spending meaningful time with your family. You don't have a lot of time for it. So I think that that right there is a good lesson for listeners to just like kind of evaluate, like where are you spending the most of your time and is it meaningful when you're there? And, um, and then also when you said, you know, you need to kind of simmer all of this down and stay in your lane. I have no doubt that once you figure out, you know, exactly, you know, what you're going to run with, you'll be at a full sprint because you have experience. And Mm -hmm. I just love hearing how motivated you are because Um, you know, you've done so much in your life and you could have easily been like, yeah, you know, I've I've been strong my whole life. I've been fit and at 60, I'm going to retire. And like, that'll be that, but you're, you're Mm -hmm. have an active hobby of golf. You're joining, I'm such a fan of John Maxwell that I would love to connect with you offline more about him because it just, he's obviously a great leader. And given all these, you know, in my opinion, successes you've had in your life, But yet knowing that you have all of these other things that are still on your agenda, things you want to manifest, things you're thinking about, things you're actively working on,
1: you know, I'd love to know, how do you define success? My favorite definition, which I had to think about when I first heard it, is when those closest to me love me the most. I love that definition. When those closest to me love me the most. Now, when I first heard that, I remember thinking, why wouldn't those closest to me love me the most? Mm. And when I began to chew on that and ponder it, and I want to say that might've been from Zig Ziglar. I'm not 100% sure if it was John Maxwell or Zig Ziglar. I can't remember. But when I first heard it, I remember thinking, huh? You know, but I began to evaluate that and look at that. And you know how sometimes you can treat your family not as good as friends because they're your family and they're not going anywhere. Yeah, totally. And I began to evaluate that and I thought, wow, how am I really treating my husband? How am I really viewed as a, I have a very tight family, but am I really going, are they going to say how much they love me when I pass away someday because I was caring and loving and generous and always there for them? and that." to me, is one of the most important definitions of success I can come up with. Now, Earl Nightingale wrote one that's called, it's a progressive realization of a worthy ideal. That's success, a progressive realization of a worthy ideal. And no question that's success, if you've got a worthy ideal and you're moving along and maybe you don't even reach it, but you are progressing. That's a wonderful definition. I like that too. You're
0: taking action. You never know how it's going to turn out.
1: Yeah. You know, so those are the two that speak to me the most. I, I just,
0: those, so thank you for sharing. I had I not heard those.
1: Yeah. Those are really critical to me and things I'm chewing on daily and working on because I'm a hard driver and I have to, Ask my family, like, oh my gosh, you know, mom's we're 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 going on a trip, and now mom's scheduled it out, and da 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 da, right? You know, mm-hmm. and you know, and so they'd be like, calm down, mom, because you know I'm trying to get everybody ca- corralled, and because we just went to Sarasota in March, and we had the mother-in-law and everybody, and okay, here's what we're doing this day, and here, blah 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 blah. So there's times when I get into my my hard charging mode, and and I have to learn to back up and be patient, and and uh, to be loving. And I, I'm just really focused on that right now my, in my stage of life, that I want to be known as a caring and loving person. Uh, I just think it's critical.
0: No, I think it's very critical. And I think it's a lot of times when we talk about business and we talk about hustle and we talk about fitness, there's so many things that are attractive that we want to be good at or we want to have success in, but at the end of the day... The things you're talking about are much more important, I, I would say. So I think it's really awesome that you brought that up. And I think you might be the first person ever on this podcast to, to really talk about success that way. So I am really excited for just the way that you've packaged all this. And I really don't want to take up too much more of your time, but I have two more questions for you. And the first one is who has inspired you in your life and what advice did they give you?
1: Well, certainly this ninth grade gym teacher. Oh, Mrs. Blue. Yes, Mrs. Blue. And it's spelled like B-I-L-L. What was it? B-I-L-E-A-U. Oh, yes. Yeah, something like that. And, man, she just, I think I'm coming back to her loving me and showing me my potential. Mm -hmm. And people have such potential that we should be showing people they have potential. You know, you have the same faculties of the mind that I do. And why are you fearful? And why are you holding back? And why are you, why are we doing these things? Because we were kind of taught these things going through our school system. And so, boy, now I'm way more about jumping and building my wings on the way. You know, I'm leaping at you yeah, I'm out there, I'm going to get myself out there, I'm going to do Instagram, I don't care if my hair's not done, I'm going to tell you a message that you need to hear, and make you do things to reach your potential, because at the end of the day, I think I'm going to be really sad if I have to, if I didn't do everything I could do to be the best I could be, and that is just, and I learned a lot of that, John Mack, if I had to go to dinner with anybody right now, it would be John Maxwell.
0: Mm.
1: I think he's amazing. He is. He guided me successfully business wise in his books. I would tell you, read every book he's got. He's the man. He says, uh, one of my favorite quotes of his is that he says, personal growth is the only guarantee that tomorrow will be better. Oh, I have goosebumps. Wow. And I can so tell you. Bad. It's true. It's absolutely true. And people think just because you're getting older that you're growing or that you've you been in your job a while, you're going to grow. No, it's not automatic. It does take attention and effort. But the reward, you're pouring into yourself. Who, who am I going to bet on? But me, I bet on me. Don't, you know, you know I, I'm going for it. I, I believe in me and you have to build that and go for that. And so between those two, yeah. Wow, I love that. And I'm just completely relating to that. So thank you for sharing.
0: And my final question for you is, do you have any advice that you would give to I would I wrote down uh, the question to ask you advice to entrepreneurs or new fitness competitors who are in the early stages of either and you know maybe gear it a little bit more towards fitness since I know so many people listening are connected to me through Crossroads of fitness or Barry's Bootcamp or fitness Instagram stuff and you know you have tons of, of experience competing at you well know, competing is the highest expression of you know being in shape physically
1: for you know a lot of people and i would love to know if you have any advice that you could leave the listeners they definitely understand you are the master of your mind and if you don't eliminate fears and doubts and insecurities and stop judging women are terrible about judgment start sending out loving thoughts keep your mind on a high frequency of positivity and where you're headed and what you're going to do and make mistakes to allow yourself to make mistakes and just learn from your mistakes. And just as I said, build your wings, jump out there, quit running around like you're afraid to do this or that and start acting and doing and build up your mental game and your mental strength. And I can give books for the show notes to do some of those things uh, because I got to tell you, it's the best thing I've ever done is set a positive mindset and put my mind on where I'm headed and what I want to do. And then it's going to go, it's going to work out.
0: I love that. And it's, I used to do a quote of the day at Barry's and I stopped doing it just because I don't know, for some reason I felt like maybe people thought it was easy or whatever. And someone the other day said to me, can you bring that back? It really helped me set up my mindset for the day. And I thought, you know, I do have a responsibility to kind of help encourage people to, Do that, you know. They're already getting themselves to the gym. Why not give them something positive to think about? Because you're right. If you own that in the morning, it Mm -hmm. really, it really sets you up for a good day. And I definitely agree. So, Mm -hmm. thank you, thank you, Jackie, so much for coming on. I really love talking to. I'm very excited for this episode to drop. And I think you're proof that you know, for the people who don't think something's possible, it is. You know, you proved everyone wrong.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And, you know, you have, you have, it sounds like you have more that you want to prove and the more ways I'm going to help people. And I'm excited to stay tuned. So feel free to send me all the things that you want on the show notes and the listeners can just scroll down there and and find you and connect with you. And um, hopefully I will see you when I'm back in India in May at the gym. I hope so. Sounds (laughs) great. Erin, I loved it. Loved it. Loved it. Awesome. Well, I hope you have a great weekend and I'll talk to you very soon. Thanks again. Sounds good. Thank you. Talk to you later. If you guys are putting up your preach hands and nodding your head yes to things that are said either out of my mouth or out of my interviewees' mouths, and you so, so, so relate, we would absolutely love to see you post about our podcast in your Instagram stories. Please also comment on our Instagram dare to move podcast posts. If you do a post in your stories three times and you comment on one of our podcast posts and you give us a review on iTunes or whatever platform you are using, we will be rewarding one lucky person every month with a $100 gift card to Amazon. Your comments, your feedback, your critiques, and your reviews are so helpful to us. So, thank you for those of you who have done them. And please, please, please help us out if you are enjoying our content. It helps us out when you share it with your community and when you tell iTunes that we're doing a great job. So please comment, please share on Instagram in your stories, please comment on our Dare to Move podcast post and we will enter your name into a drawing for a hundred bucks. Easy money, guys. Thanks again. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you wanna connect, you can reach me, At Garrett N. Wood on Instagram or the podcast Instagram at Dare to Move Podcast. Imagine that. I hope you have an amazing day. And just so you know, our podcast is where we explore all the productivity hacks business scaling tools, and unique characteristics and personality traits of entrepreneurs leading the way in the portfolio lifestyle. Get inspired, gain actionable steps, and feel like you're connecting with genuine people who are making an impact all by way of careers which they designed. And that being said, if you are someone doing any of the aforementioned, I would love to have you on the show. I obviously explore my network and reach out to the people I know, but I want everyone to have an opportunity, so do not hesitate to reach out and request an interview, and let me know if you know somebody who you think would be really exciting for the Dare to Move podcast to interview. I hope you have an awesome day, and as always, dare to move.